Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, there are some things that keep you up at night. Most women know that sleep is important. They want to get better sleep, but they don't know where to start. That's why I created the Sleep Reclamation Project. The Sleep Reclamation Project is a community for those seeking resources, direction, and accountability to make small, lasting changes towards better sleep and living a well-rested life. In the membership, you'll get a monthly masterclass taught by me or a guest expert, a reclamation resource kit with journals, trackers, checklists, and scripts, a monthly live Q&A, a quarterly one-on-one with me, and access to our private virtual community. The waitlist is open for our next enrollment period later this spring. For the cost of a few lattes every month, you can get started on your journey to better sleep and living a well-rested life. Head to abbydesjarden.com slash T-S-R-P member to get on the waitlist today. Welcome to Things That Keep Us Up at Night, the podcast. I'm your host, Abby Desjardin, entrepreneur, recovering workaholic, sleep evangelist, wife, and mother of three very expressive, courageous, and assertive girls. I'm on a mission to empower women through better sleep. If you want actionable steps to solve the problems that keep you up at night, you're in the right place. From finances to hormones, parenting to politics, relationships, and business, we'll talk about all of it. Let's get started. No, 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 no. I can't sleep, I can't sleep, no, no. I am so excited for you to hear our conversation today. I have with me Ifi Ebekwe. She activates intentional women so they can take agency over their lives and build impactful legacies. As the principal attorney at Ebekwe Law, PLLC, Ifi believes that every woman deserves to make decisions that affect her with wills, trusts, and other estate planning documents. Emboldening women is Ify's calling, and she's passionate about speaking about entrepreneurship and supporting other women lawyers who desire to practice estate planning law. Ify graduated from the University of Texas at Austin for undergraduate and law school and has practiced law for 13 years. She's the board president for Be the Bridge, a national nonprofit dedicated to racial justice and reconciliation. When she's not spending time with her remarkable husband and four spirited children, Ify runs her signature We Read Her Book Club, which focuses on the study and discussion of literature authored by women of color. Ify, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Abby. I'm so excited and I'm a huge fan of your podcast. So we've already heard your bio, um, a short bio, but can you tell us a little bit more about your work? Yes, I am an attorney. This is my 14th year practicing and I am in the field of estate planning. And a lot of people don't know what that is, but it's the lawyer you go to when you want to get a will or a trust or documents to protect your children or other things that keep you up at night. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Worrying about if something were to happen to you, what happens to them and what happens to 
everything that you own and all your assets. And who's going to handle it and can they handle it? Or what if you don't have anyone to handle it? Right. And all of those questions. That's what I do. So do people often come to you and like, do you help them make that choice of who can handle it? We help them figure out for themselves who can handle it by giving them prompts and questions and walking through scenarios of what that would look like for the people that they have available to them. So there's some people who have a deep pool of family members and friends. And then more and more commonly in my practice, I'm being um, into contact with people who really do live solo lives or are estranged from their families or are widows um, and really don't have anyone. And then we talk through the options for people in those scenarios as well. Right. Wow. So what are some essentials that everyone should have in place just for that peace of mind? If you are 18 and an adult who can make decisions for themselves, you have full capacity, you need to have at least documents set up to protect yourself. And I mean, for health decisions, a lot of times people think estate planning only has to do with death. And um, if you have lots of property and stuff to give away, so much of the estate planning process is preserving your voice in medical decisions. If you're ever incapacitated, if something ever happens to you and you have to have a guardian appointed to actually physically take care of you or your money. And so there are certain things that need to be done by everyone while they're alive. You can talk me out of a will in certain situation. You can talk me out of a trust, but honestly, having autonomy and agency in making those health decisions and money decisions and who can help you make them, that's a huge thing for everyone. Although I think everyone should have a will, but that's a whole other conversation. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people do think about it like, oh, estate planning. I don't have an estate. I live in a studio apartment and I own nothing. And so I don't need to even worry about that right now. Do you hear that a lot? All the time. And people think estate planning, that's for the ultra wealthy. That's for the Kardashians and the Hiltons, (laughs) you know, and not, you know, the Joneses. Right. And honestly, so much of estate planning is being able to make decisions over your body. (laughs) And that's huge. And also Mm -hmm. I tell people with estate planning, you don't know what you're going to have um, and when you're going to die. And so by that point, you don't want that decision to be made by the state. You see Mm -hmm. all these celebrities with tons of money. I think of uh, someone like Kobe Bryant, who had half a billion dollars, I believe, the last I read. And they just forgot to add their youngest daughter into the trust. Do you know what that cost? I mean, you have people like that with tons of wealth that are, you know, the ones you think of, oh, they should have it. But then when you think about something like that for your child, if something were to happen to you, who's going to decide which of the grandparents to get them or whether they should go to your brother or your spouse's sister Mm -hmm. and that fight, right? And so you want to be able to give direction, guidance, and finances. And you can do that with all sorts of things that you may not own right now, like life insurance products Mm -hmm. or investments that grow. And those are all part of the conversation that you have when coming up with an estate plan, looking at 
all the key players, whether you're single or you have causes or um, if you have children or if you're married or you have a partner and figuring it out so that they all know what your wishes are and that you can provide the best for them. And that's what estate planning and the entire process is all about. Yeah, I think that's so important because as we've seen over the last year, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. This has been like the year of learning that, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love your work. I think it's so important. But I also want to talk to you about your sleep journey, because this is something that you have come upon over the last year and really had a transformation in. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I love how you identify as a sleep evangelist. I would like to <laughs> say that I informally use that title um, without all of the reading behind it. But it's just the feeling that I get when I'm well rested. And that's something that I've been chasing ever since I I would say got pregnant with my first child in 2012, 2013. I would say that was when I stopped sleeping well when I was pregnant Mm -hmm. back then. And uh, subsequently had three other children. So I have four kids. They're seven, five, three, and one. I was the type of parent that uh, was a co-sleeper. I'm a nurser. I'm a night nurser. Mm-hmm. And I started having, my, my youngest is nine months old right now. And I started having really bad back pain because I sleep according to her comfort, <laughs> which is <laughs> access to the breast so that she can night nurse. And I kept waking up at night because she'd be patting my face and telling me to move for her convenience. And I was just getting really annoyed, you know, like, why am I waking up multiple times a night to shift for to to be your pacifier, essentially? And I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding when it works for both Mm -hmm. the baby and the mom. And I'm still breastfeeding, but I just decided, you know what, I'm not going to be breastfeeding overnight anymore. And uh, I, I felt a lot of shame in being one of those parents whose older kids also got up in the night. I'm scared. I'm thirsty. I need to go to the bathroom. I can't reach the light. Nobody told us a story. <laughs> the 101 I, excuses at bedtime, right? Yes. You only <laughs> read one book, right? And so we recently moved. And one of the things that we decided when we moved was when we move, we're going to have new house, new rules. Mm-hmm. And we s- started prepping the kids, new house, new rules. You're going to have a bunk bed. We bought a bunk bed for the five-year-old and three-year-old girls. And um, and then the crib, which was never used. <laughs> we were like, you're going to start sleeping in your crib. And yeah. everybody is upstairs. And so I would love to take credit and say that we just figured it out. But one of the first steps was really just letting go of the shame of having not figured it out and being on child number four with three out of four and not sleeping through the night. It was embarrassing to me. I'm like, I'm supposed to be this ultra mom, you know, <laughs> I am a powerful woman. I am a I lawyer and I am a, yes. yeah. and I have my own business and I have all these children and I am working out so many problems, but I can't figure out this one. Mm-hmm. So that was, um, letting go of that was the first step for me. And then the next thing we did was we started looking for a sleep consultant. <laughs> and for years, people had told me about talking to this you know, elusive person out there that can make your kids sleep. 
you know, and I, I was like, no, we can make our own kids. They will sleep, you know, later on. Even my mom would say things like, oh, when your child is five, that's when you can expect to sleep. And I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore. Five more <laughs> years. No, thank you. That would be five <laughs> more years for me. I, in 2025, I can expect to have a night's rest. And so... <laughs> I realized and my husband realized because he was the one having to tend to the other two because I was tied to the baby. Right. Had the boob in her mouth all night, essentially. Um, and he was exhausted. And so we reached out to a wonderful woman who heard our cries and saw our baggy, the bags under our <laughs> eyes yeah. in the dark gray circles and said, Yep, I will come up with a plan that works for your family. And she did. And it worked. That is so awesome. What was kind of the first step when she stepped in? What was the first thing that she did? She had us do a sleep study for two weeks. Okay. Where we record what our kids were doing for sleep throughout the entire day. She didn't care about when they were eating and all of that as much as when was the baby napping for her age? Mm -hmm. um, and then she would look at that. When were the girls getting up at night? So it was, you know, when I'm, when I get, um, I don't know if the word is awakened, uh, I can't go back to sleep. Mm -hmm. And so then I would be up like anger typing, like all the disruptions <laughs> in my Google sheet. <laughs> And she color-coded it for each girl. And she just wanted to see what their patterns were. How long were you with them when you put them back to bed? How long, you know, did they sleep? When did they sleep? When did they wake up? Mm -hmm. And she looked at it and two weeks of data. She did say to my credit that I was one of the few people who actually did it. But I was so, <laughs> we were like, put it all in. If this is um, what I have to do. <laughs> I can fill out a sheet if you can get them to sleep. And so um, after she looked at the data, she, in her brilliance, figured out a schedule. And I, I've always been one of those, oh, I'm not a scheduling parent. They're so rigid. They have these babies like going to bed like military. I'm more of a, you know, intuitive mother yeah. or whatever I was telling myself. We feel ready to go to sleep now. <laughs> Stay up late because everyone's enjoying themselves. And then you have like screaming <laughs> like we were having such a good time. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, when she looked at everything, she came up with a plan and which was age appropriate, especially when it came to their sleep needs, because mm -hmm. I thought I was sleep deprived, but my other kids were sleep deprived and the whole house was being disturbed when you have two or three kids crying at night. Yeah. It's a disruption to the entire house. My seven-year-old was getting up and saying, they're so loud. They're still crying every, you know, and waking us up because he couldn't get to sleep because right. of the noise. So. Right. Well, and I think it's such an important thing too, because we carry into adulthood what's modeled and prioritized when we're kids, right? So those of us that have gone through life sacrificing sleep, we're taught that at some point, mm -hmm. you know, by society and like the messages we get about working constantly and grinding and staying up late and getting up early. Yes. And then, you know, our parents working through those same demands and those same messages, right? And right. we're talking about so much more now in the social media age, I feel like there's a lot more sharing of experiences going on than there was when we were kids. Right. Um, 
So it's, I feel like it's our job to really start to identify those things and unlearn and then relearn how to model those positive behaviors. Yes. And part of unlearning and relearning, uh, I will add to that is evangelizing about and liberating people Mm -hmm. from these expectations because I've shared my story in several groups and one of the most common things people um, replied to me in their, in the DMS was who's your person. I haven't slept in three and a half years. I said, why are we allowing ourselves to live like this, to be these available mothers? When did that become the standard? This is different than uh, this is how, you know, I sleep with my, you know, that's a whole different conversation. But these are people who are frustrated, sleep deprived, not enjoying the experience, yet feeling like they cannot get help smart people too. Right. Like, I would consider myself a smart person. Right. But to me, there was a block there and it was, well, my mom never got a sleep consultant. Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of mother gets a sleep consultant? They can't manage their own kids at night or it's normal, I'm sure. And then you see other people and they're like, oh no, I've been sleeping for years. Like, yeah. So my house is broken. So now I have to tell somebody it's right. Not it's like the shame yes. spiral, shame right? And it's, spiral. um, I think we're conditioned to feel that way about reaching out for any sort of help, quite frankly. Yes. It's like like admitting weakness or admitting that we're like broken in some way. And that's simply not the case. Not at all. And this is one thing I have to say that is more common. You know, the other thing it reminds me of is the number of women who have miscarried. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because I think it's a it's a bigger number than we know, because there's also that shame spiral, yes. like what's wrong with my body? This is the same thing that is triggered in my mind is that why don't we liberate people by sharing that that too has happened mm-hmm. to us? Or we too are struggling with this. And so right. it's not um, a thing of of shame. It's a thing of community and mm-hmm. resource and, you know. That, that just came to mind. Yeah, no, I, and I think it's so wonderful that there's more of that happening now. You're yes. seeing people with large platforms come out and openly, very um, selflessly sharing their experience. It's obviously mm. incredibly painful to do so on a public stage, but I yes. think the gift that they're giving people by doing that is just so huge. Yes. Um, I you agree. normalize it too. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So you got the kids to sleep. Mm -hmm. And then what? And then we started sleeping. (laughs) The very first night we tried it. And I thought, this is a fluke. (laughs) This can't be real. (laughs) This is not good. This is a fluke. And and I, it was so good that we were sleeping. We didn't even follow up with her. Um, I think you have um, access to your sleep consultant every night by a text. We were asleep. <laughs> and so she's like, day three, hey, how's it going? And I was like, well, we were, we're just sleeping in our house now. Um, it was wonderful. Other things we did. Um, new house, new rules. We mm-hmm. got a new mattress and we yes. told the kids, mommy and daddy's mattress. This is not a family bed. Okay. <laughs> like those mm-hmm. days are over. You can cuddle sometimes, but you're not cuddling every time. Okay. 
this is our bet. And, and I went out and I bought beautiful linens, like beautiful sheets, mm-hmm. white sheets, because I'm not anticipating any pee in here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. There will be no accidents happening. There in are this no bed. accidents in this bed because there are no children to have accidents. If yeah. you've been there, you understand what I'm talking about beautiful white sheets for the first time in our marriage and um, a down comforter mm-hmm. and a beautiful du- duvet. And we, we just made the space very beautiful. I had my um, essential oil diffuser. And um, one of the things that has been a game changer, I get um, disturbed from sleep by other people's movements or sounds mm-hmm. very quickly. Um, just because I've, I sleep almost listening out for someone to interrupt me. And so one of the things that our sleep consultant recommended those dome sound machines, I don't know if you've heard of them, mm-hmm. maybe we can link to them below. We bought them for the kids. We also bought them a hatch light because the younger yes. girls can't waste time. I love and so the hatch light. It comes with a sound machine and they can pick their color. Well, we used to do picking colors until that became fighting. And so we pick the color. We come out, they can come out at green, but we have that sound machine. Then we have sound machines by the baby's crib in between the girls' rooms. And then we have our own sound machine that I put right by my head yeah. and then by our door so that if there are, I know this sounds terrible. If there's crying, I can't hear it. So mm-hmm. you got to self-soothe and figure it out because I'm not coming up those stairs. And they don't want to come down the stairs because it's dark and it's cold. Right. And right. they know that they are to stay in their rooms unless they have to go to the restroom. And so um, setting that stuff up, because my husband likes to go to bed later than me, it allows me not to be disturbed Uh, from sleeping. The other thing that we've started doing is reducing the temperature Mm -hmm. in our room. So it keeps you in the bed when it's cozy. And I'm down to 66 degrees right now. um, Because it's so cold here, sometimes I'll I'll just open up the window just to have the extremely cold at night. And that has also allowed me to go to sleep a lot. I'm sure there's science to it. Mm-hmm. Our sleep consultant told us for our baby, you know, put it from 68 to 70. I'm like, 68? She's going to freeze, you know, and she sleeps so well. And we just put her in a woolino. It's like a mm-hmm. wearable wool, 100% merino yeah. wool blanket. So it's breathable. And she's enjoying her sleep. And the girls are all enjoying sleeping very cold. Everyone likes sleeping very cold now because it it's just naturally your body just wants to shut itself down. So Yeah. And it feels so good, like you said, to get under the covers and get all cozy and like the right temperature. Whereas if your room is already warm and then you get under the blankets, hot. it's just a hot and sweaty mess. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and so I've been telling people about that, like make your bed inviting, mm-hmm. like a hotel bed, because you spend so much time in it. Don't get a good mattress, get great feeling sheets, you know, get all of the extra um, and then let it be a treat to go to sleep. And invest in the best mattress that you can afford yes. because it does feel like a lot of money and it is, it is, but 
you're using it, you should replace it about every eight years. So you're using it for eight years. If you spread that out over eight years, it's really not that much. No. And my husband was very adamant about the mattress that he wanted. And I remember thinking, we can get a mattress for one fourth of this price on Amazon. And he's like, no, this is the mattress we're going to go get. And if we don't like it, we can return it. Right. But my back pain um, has reduced. I went to see a chiropractor, but I also attribute it to sleeping on a mattress for about 13 years. <laughs> it was time to get rid of it. And and it really helped. My back pain is absolutely reduced and the quality of sleep. It's like you go to sleep and then you wake up and it's morning. And I'm yeah. like, what? Is this what people do? Yeah, because this is what that- sleep is supposed to be like. I just woke <laughs> up and it was, it was naturally like, it was time for me to wake up. And it was morning time. And that felt like a revelation. Yeah. Yeah. That is so awesome. Oh, and the last thing I want to ask you about, because, you know, you're talking about sleep training your kids and how you were kind of a free flowing, go, go with how we're feeling. And I think some people hear sleep training or sleep consultant, and they think of like, put the baby in the crib, walk away, let it cry, you know, let it cry. It'll eventually decide to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, they think of this, like, like they make a story up about how traumatizing it's going to be for everybody involved. Right. Yes. And I am not even like, if crying it out is what works for your family, then by all means go for it. But there are so many options in between doing nothing and crying it out. Right. Right. And one way of knowing whether a sleep consultant is going to work well for you is that they're not going to tell you what you're going to do, mm-hmm. right? They're going to hear what your concerns are and tell you what your options are and you decide what you're going to do. And I know part of the reason we hadn't tried anything but having my uh, our kids in our bed, our oldest son, when he was our only baby, his adenoids were so swollen and he had sleep apnea and he would stop breathing. And so we just kept him in the bed, right. but we didn't want to do surgery because who does surgery on an eight month old, right? right. These things and everyone's telling us, are you crazy? And the ENT is saying he is having a hard time breathing. Mm-hmm. And so we would just basically watch him <laughs> all night until we were so tired yeah. that we were we took him in to have surgery. And then after that, he started sleeping. And so he slept well by himself, but at a certain point he'd cry. And we just remember, oh, remember how sweet it was to have the baby, you know, and brought him in, trained him back in the bed. And then when we had tried, okay, you go check in in two minutes and Mm -hmm. then come out and you inch to the door and we read all the books. And then we just (laughs) decided we, we tried crying it out. It felt so terrible. We're the worst parents. Like he's so lonely. He doesn't know what happened. So we tried everything and realized like, oh, well, if we put him in the bed, we'll all sleep. That's where it all started. And so I really don't have judgment on any of these. Like I really hold like being able to sleep. I'm like, look, if they have to cry it out, good luck. And even in this instance, every child is different and responds differently. And we thought, okay, we're going to put this baby. She's going to scream all night. And she did not. Mm -hmm. She cried. She cried for a good, you know, we made it cold. Yeah. 
we have blackout curtains so it's very dark her body started to go to bed mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was tired and she slept for the whole night we had a little um vava or something monitor something yeah. like that I don't even use it I know that's so terrible to say I'm just asleep yeah. Uh, yeah so I don't hear it off honestly and she is also in the room with our seven-year-old who is kind of our um guardian big brother and he is a deep sleeper and so we figured if anything is truly an emergency and it wakes him up he'll come get us yeah and um and he has where he's like oh she's screaming you know (laughs) please please come make her stop (laughs) right and he's like I brought her to you I'm like okay we're not bringing her to us we don't want to reward that um but you know that's kind of a stop gap measure but honestly that first night she cried a little yeah. And she was upset, but she slept. And yeah. I watched her and I was like, oh, she's going to be okay. And then she was just out. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there's so many different pathways to it. But the thing to remember is if it's not working, don't do it anymore. So if right. you co-sleep and the baby's in bed with you and it actually does allow everyone to sleep more, wonderful if that works for you. But like you said, when it stops working and you stop sleeping, what are you gaining from that? Because it's not going to help anybody if everyone's exhausted. And the baby's exhausted Mm -hmm. because she was sleeping. You know, we kind of got these baselines for, okay, an eight month old can sleep through the night and they can sleep this long during the day. I mean, I would love to say that I know that, but I, I couldn't remember it probably yeah. because of sleep deprivation. <laughs> uh, and I was like, oh, she just passes out, <laughs> you know, but that's, we're not watching for her cues of overtiredness. And now we've started putting her down for a nap at 9 a.m. and at 1 p.m. And 1 yeah. p.m. is quiet time in the house. So that's great because sometimes we want to take a nap and yes. everyone's home due to COVID. Um, you know, we're recording this in 2020. And so that's sort of, a way of resetting the house mm-hmm. and that we're having turning off all the devices. And that's another thing that was um, recommended is turning off your screens a couple of hours before the kids go to bed yep. and figuring out, you know, how to have bath time before dinner. Cause I used to have bath time after dinner and that would kind of stimulate them right. versus they have their bath, they have their food. And then next they brush their teeth and go to bed mm-hmm. and that's it. You know, they get their story, they get their prayer and then good night. We will yeah. see in 12 hours. <laughs> we even told the girls, you know, they don't know what time they get up, but they're supposed to be in their bed by seven Sometimes they're chatty and they're talking to each other, you know, as sisters sometimes do. And then uh, they can wake up at 630, but they know green light is when we can come out. Mm -hmm. So just having that 30 minutes in the morning has been great because you don't get disturbed. And my son knows he can get out at 630, but he cannot come to us until seven. So you can get your breakfast and he's very extroverted and he would just immediately zap your energy and he'll just sit Which at the stairs lovely first thing in the morning <laughs> he's just sitting at the stairs waiting for us to emerge at seven and if we don't he'll be like it's seven <laughs> we're just like okay start your day oh but yeah 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 it's I think one of the kindest things you can do for yourself and your family is help everybody get enough sleep yeah life's absolutely. just better that way <laughs> It's so much better. And I learned on your podcast that I'm a bear. Oh, yeah. 
I did a deep dive into that. I think Dr. Breas is. Um, oh yeah. You, he, oh, there's so much information about that. You could literally schedule your life to the minute with what's supposed to happen at what time of day, if you wanted well, to. Well, I didn't believe him. I'm like, I am meant to be a lion. When I am <sighs> rested, I will be in that 5 a.m. club, not the 5 a.m., you know, that nonsense. Yeah. I mean, did now you, I get it. Did you listen to the next podcast I did about yes. envy, envy of yes. the chronotypes? <laughs> I truly do listen to your podcast. Yes, I did. I want to be a lion. I want to get up and have my workout. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, get up at five. And I, I talk so much about how impossible that was. I even have talked about it on my social media. And I think it's the envy, first of all. Yeah. Like, I, I want to be that person, the go-getter, the entrepreneurial type, right? But when I started resting and I thought, okay, let's just see when my body naturally wakes up. I wake up with the sun. Mm-hmm. And so I will wake up right before my alarm clock. It's almost like my body's like, don't worry, you're up already. Mm-hmm. And that's naturally when I wake up. When I am overtired, I will sleep past that. And now I know the patterns. I'm like, I didn't get enough rest because my body is not naturally waking me up. Mm-hmm. Because when you start getting good sleep, then you're like, oh, let me stay up. All the kids are in bed. Let me scroll. Or let me- <laughs> Yes. And then you're tired again and you're putting yourself back into these cycles where your body is not rested. And so I, I have learned a lot from that. And I try not to be so rigid, as you know, with these things as far as like I eat and then I do my push-ups. Right. And then, you know what I mean? Like, no, I'm not like that, but I do see the the value, even in that 30 minute getting some food in mm-hmm. bef- rather than waiting till I'm over hungry, not starting my day with coffee, but waiting till like 10 a.m. or 9.30. And I just did those two changes and that was awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it really is. You know, we hear all of these um, recommendations and all this advice about, well, do this and do this and do this. And it can feel really overwhelming, but it's so important to remember that just choosing one thing like one little thing and doing that for an extended period of time, you're actually going to see a big change over time. Absolutely. And I, I have to say for myself, I've definitely seen that. And I'm so grateful for a podcast like yours where you just talk about sleep and um, all the intersectionality of rest and um, in, in such a way that's accessible to people and how you tie it into all these subject areas. It's so fascinating. Well, thank you. It's been a really fun project. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, before we are done, can you tell people where to find you online? Yes, you can find me on Instagram. I am at the just in case lawyer. I love that. (laughs) Thank you. And that's where you can, you know, find out more about the type of law I practice and get links to my website. And then I also have a personal website. It's iffyibekwe.com. And um, we'll put that in the show notes. Yes. Yeah. If you're looking for someone for speaking on um, estate planning, entrepreneurship, rust, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I put that as my third thing or, um, just want to figure out what I'm up to, that's also a good place to find me. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for sharing all of your wisdom and your experiences. And we will talk to you later. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Things That Keep Us Up at Night. If you liked this episode, please visit us at thingsthatkeepusupatnight.com 
or subscribe and leave me a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. No, 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 I can't sleep, I can't sleep, no, no.